Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church. Welcome back after a couple-week hiatus we've had. Uh, and with me today, as usual, is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey. And it's not How's as it usual because we're back into our uh, Zoom it, call uh, podcast again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're both in our own homes uh, recording the podcast, which is uh, fun. But we can see each other over Zoom. So, you know, it's... Uh, like most things these days, it's not quite ideal, but it's the best we've got, and it's going to be great. So yeah. we're going to make it work. And I, you know, I got to say, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be back talking on the podcast, having this mm -hmm. conversation, and I know that for many of you, you listen to this in different ways. Uh, this is really fun for us. We really enjoy unpacking uh, what we've been talking about and giving people an opportunity to sort of go deeper with what we heard on Sunday. And, and that's really the point of what we're doing, and so that's why we're here. Yeah, yeah, just uh, loving it. Well, Paul, we had a uh, a particularly interesting service on Sunday. I'll say um, we we kicked off our new series. We're we're into the new year, obviously twenty twenty one, and in true pandemic style, we had a little bit of a, a you know something went wrong with our internet and our network, and we got some of it working and some of it wasn't working, and we we ran around a lot, and we kind of came to the point where we said, great, you know, we're going to set up a laptop on stage and pull out an acoustic guitar and preach in front of a laptop and you know, we're going to have church this way because we can, um, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of thankful for. It was kind of a really yeah. unique service. Um, obviously I like it when things work. We, we think yeah. it's nice when you can hear us and see us well, but, uh, you know, in these moments we're thankful that, that God still shows up and we can still gather for worship. Yeah. But, uh, this Sunday we, we dove into this new series called waiting, um, Give us give us a little snapshot. What's going on here? Yeah, so we were we've been thinking about what we wanted to study next, and one of the things that we do, um, you know, it's really important to me as a as a communicator, as a preacher, and as a pastor that we take some time to go through books of the Bible every once in a while. And mm -hmm. the reason that's important is because when we preach thematically, preach about kind of ideas or concepts. Um, sometimes you continue to go back to the same places and you sort of preach the same message yeah. over and over again. But when you go through a book of the Bible, it, it causes you to, to come in contact with some some passages that you've got to deal with. And so mm -hmm. um, and and so, you know, just philosophically doing a book of the Bible is really important to me. And it allows us to to, you know, have people read along with us. And so, mm -hmm. you know, one thing I would challenge you if you're listening to this and we're going through the book of first and second Thessalonians, they're short books. Uh, you can read them yeah. in one sitting. Um, you know, you may want to read them a couple of times a week or once a week mm -hmm. uh, or whatever it is. So that you, if you can, if you're really ambitious, I mean, we're going to be eight weeks in Thessalonians, um, memorize some. Yeah. Right. Totally. T pick it up and, and see what you can, you can do. Sorry. I'll let you get back to No, that's great. Good spiel. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's, and that's exactly what I'm thinking is, is memorize it, you know, read it, do, do you know, take some time to be in it. Uh, while we go through it. So that, that that I think is really important. And then the reason we went to Thessalonians is because we wanted to look for a book of the Bible that um, that sort of, uh, you know, was kind of dealing with some of the things that we've been dealing with in terms mm. of, um, you know, the, the Thessalonian church was a church that was thriving in the middle of some really difficult stuff. And for yeah. us as a church, we're facing some difficult things too, some challenges. And they're not the same as the persecution that was happening at the church at the time, but they are challenges nonetheless. And so how do we mm. How do we wait well? How do we become the kind mm. of people who who live our lives in such a way that we, you know, they're shaped by the gospel, they're um, led by the gospel, and they 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 share the gospel with the people that we come in contact with? So how do we do that in the middle of this waiting um, that all mm -hmm. of us are in? And so that's kind of yeah, where we and, were. 
I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really excited both, uh, to be kind of diving back in, as you said, to, to a book of the Bible. We, we throw around the term biblical literacy, uh, as a pastoral staff from time to time, just this idea that, that knowing the Bible is important and knowing, um, I mean, the Bible is a collection of books. I'm, I'm right now, I'm started the, uh, reading through the Bible in a year, but I'm doing one of the Bible projects reading plans and they've got such good resources and videos on, understanding the context and the literary genres and things like that. So if you want to, you know, if you want to, you want to cheat and get ahead, uh, even go, go watch the Bible projects videos on the Thessalonian books and, and you will, um, yeah, it'll be all the more rich. Uh, and then, yeah, this, this theme of waiting and kind of living, um, figuring out what it is to live in, in disappointing, difficult times, which I think we're kind of in, right. It's, it's yeah. challenging. Again, we're, we're not podcasting face to face right now, Paul, we're, using yeah. the joys of the internet because they tell us we shouldn't be face to face. So I get that. It's good. Um, how do we balance that with what we know to be true about Jesus and what he said and that he's coming back? And yeah. yeah and I think, and, and the th- the neat thing about Thessalonians. So, you know, you talk about the Bible project. Mm-hmm. I quoted from the Bible project on Sunday. And one of the things they said about the, the book specifically about first Thessalonians um, is the phrase, you know, what you hope for is what you live for. And, yeah. and I think that, that, you know, I, 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 made the argument on Sunday that, you know, we know that waiting isn't fun and we've all waited mm-hmm. in all kinds of different contexts, but yep. in some ways our whole lives are waiting. I mean, everything we do mm-hmm. is waiting because there's always something coming around the corner. And as followers of Jesus, we're told that our lives are temporary. We're like a mist or a tent or something that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's here today and gone tomorrow. And so, you know, Christians live in light of eternity, or at least that's part of, you know, what makes us who we are. And so you know, the Thessalonians, like Paul spent a lot of time talking to the Thessalonians about what was going to happen in the future. And part of that was because we're, if we're in a waiting room now, what's on the other side of the door? And so when we know what's on the other side of the door, it changes the way we wait in the midst of this, right? And so that's kind of, that's the, you know, the essence behind this whole thing is that, you know, what we have in front of us, what we hope for is actually what changes the way we live today, and so for the Thessalonians, they were under like crazy persecution. Like these guys were being killed and tortured for for being followers of Jesus. Um, when Paul and Silas left uh, Thessalonica, you know, the, some of the Christ, some of the the um, the people who were there took the Christians and dragged them to the magistrates and were saying, "Look, these guys are." you know, insurrectionists, they are the ones they're trying to overthrow Caesar. They're saying that they should follow mm-hmm. Jesus and not him. And, and so there was lots of things that were going on for them. And in the midst of it, they were able to keep their eyes focused on the horizon. They were kind of looking forward to what was ahead and that allowed yeah. them to live um, fully in the moment. Yeah. Now you briefly talked about, uh, about this persecution on Sunday and you mentioned how it's not what we're living through now. Um, yeah. And if you've been paying attention to the world around you, uh, you know, you, you maybe have heard some, uh, some Christians, some churches talking a lot about, uh, you know, the, the need to meet and how we are being persecuted. Paul, like, I'm, you know, what, what do we, what do we do with that? And how do we understand the situation we're in right now? What, what is that line that is persecution or not? Yeah. Um, and I know it's complicated. I know this is conversation. Sure. And, and yeah, like you said, like these are, these are, this is my opinion as I'm, you know, kind mm-hmm. of going yeah. through this, but I do think there's some, um, you know, some, some truth behind it for sure. I, I would say, first of all, there are people being persecuted in the world. Um, there are be- people that are being tortured and killed for identifying with Jesus. And, yeah. um, you know, for us to sort of, you know, suggest that, 
that somehow, you know, we're facing that kind of persecution, it minimizes what other people are going through that, that real severe persecution that's happening in other places. The truth is we live in a country that allows us to um, exercise our faith in all kinds of ways. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, has, you know, we have legal protections and all kinds of things that are in place as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that, that, you know, the world is becoming less and less interested in, in Christianity and Christian values. Um, You know, certainly, you know, those, those values that we have are, are under attack in a, in a way, in the sense that people, you know, choose to, um, you know, kind of, uh, they sort of look sideways at, at followers of Jesus who want to live a certain way. Um, But I think that, 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 um, and, and certainly when it comes to the crisis that we're in right now, I mean, I remember having a conversation with my dad about, um, you know, he was very young growing up uh, in the second world war. And Mm. there were times he grew up in London and there were times when they had to stay indoors and turn off all the lights. Um, and they turned off the lights because bombers bombed by sight and they could only see the city when they could see the lights. And so there were people who would go around the the city, um, and they would bang on doors and fine people for having lights on or having light coming through the windows. And, you know, and so you could say, well, you know, my, my liberties, I should be allowed to turn my light on. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. there are times when we have to protect people that are around us. And there are, you know, things that are put in place by, um, by our governments and by health officials. And for now, we feel it's very important to, you know, to follow those guidelines and to care for our neighbors. And I don't think any of this is persecution at all. In fact, I think it helps us recognize that there are practices that we put in place that we hold just as high as our faith in the sense that Mm -hmm. we say that if I read the Bible enough times or if I go to church enough times or if I you know, um, you know, pray every day, those things are going to get me into heaven. And if I can't Mm -hmm. do those things, then all of a sudden, you know, something is out of balance. And, but that's not what our faith is. Those practices are scaffolding that help our faith flourish. We need to be with people, but guess what? You know, technology has given us some incredible ways of staying connected in the midst of this. Mm -hmm. And yes, Mm -hmm. it's not as good. And yes, we long for something better, but that doesn't mean that right now we can't um, honor God with our lives and, you know, use this as an opportunity to be faithful in the waiting. And I, and I think, I mean, I'm blabbing on now for too long, probably, no, no, it's but, good. It's good. but I would say that I think too often we fight for our own personal rights uh, mm-hmm. rather than recognizing our responsibilities as followers of Jesus. Yep. And I think it's yep. really important that instead of, um, you know, looking around and saying, what is being taken away from me? We should be thinking, how am I contributing to, um, you know, a greater understanding of the kingdom and the king in the midst of all of this uh, with the people that I'm around? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I mean, so many, so many things you've said before, rights, rights and responsibilities. We've talked about a couple of times. Um, Yeah. I mean, even, you know, we, we're coming in, we're in a culture where uh, Christianity has been the dominant power. Yeah. in a lot of ways, if you look at the history of the West. And yes, we're losing that now, but to compare that to what was going on in the early church where they were anything but the dominant power, right? They yeah. were, um, yeah. So I, I, that's that's a really helpful reminder. Um, persecution is real and it's happening around the world today. It's not happening in really significant ways in our context, I yeah. would say. Uh, and, and we should continue to pray for those who are being persecuted and be really thankful for the rights and freedoms that we have. Yeah. Um, while also looking for the best ways to serve and love our neighbors. Yeah. Which right now it looks like, you know, doing church online. Yeah. Right? And we're okay Not with ideal, that. But 
we'll get yep. back to it when we we can and we can do it without the risk of infecting each other and uh you know yeah, yeah. we can still worship jesus from our living rooms in fact we should be <laughs> Um, even, even when we're doing church together, we need to be worshiping Jesus from our living rooms. Yeah. And one of the things, yeah, I was just going to say, we've been, we've been calling our, our church family, um, as a team in different ways. And, Mm. and, and, you know, I can tell you, and I'm sure you can, you have stories as well of, you know, how many people are connecting in and following along. And, you know, every time I, you know, sort of have a conversation with someone, they're always like, oh, well, you know, we hear you all the time, but you never talk to us. Right. (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, "Yeah, well, you know, so we have this conversation and it's, it's, it's good. So, yeah. Yeah, so good. Well, why, we don't, why don't we get back to uh, Thessalonians a bit? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were we were touching on it there, um, but so you you kind of laid out uh, an introduction. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what any anything else as you were preparing? Obviously, when you do these kind of introduction, you've been thinking about this whole series. Um, what is it? What is it we're going to touch on in the weeks ahead? What is it? Yeah. What is it you're excited about? Maybe a little nervous about? Um, where are we going? Yeah, well, I mean, if you read through First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians, you'll start to see some of the things that we're going to, some of the nice, juicy, fun things we're going to talk about. Um, you yep. know, we're going to spend some time talking about sexuality. Uh, we'll spend some time talking about leadership. Um, and then we will spend a significant amount of time um, talking about the second coming and, you know, mm-hmm. what what it looks like. One of the passages that we often read at funerals comes from First Thessalonians chapter 4, and it talks about... Yep you know, what, what the end times look like. And a lot of people have used that passage, you know, in, in, you know, in terms of comfort and helping people see, you know, what's next. And, um, yeah. And so we're going to spend some time actually really talking about the end times and that kind of thing. But again, we, we're going to make sure that we're going to, yeah, it's exciting because of course there's lots (laughs) of different opinions on these things. Um, and certainly we're going to present, uh, you know, a view that, you know, we think is helpful, um, but mostly it's helpful in the sense of transformation. Um, you mm. know, for me, I don't think the Bible, you know, was written as some kind of a, you know, a, a secret decoder where if we can like figure out the signs and pictures and symbols and whatever, then, um, you know, then all of a sudden we'll unlock this new knowledge and it's going to, yeah. you know, point in this, you know, we're going to find out something and we're going to know exactly with certainty when the, when the second coming is going to happen or when the end times are going to happen. But the truth is, you know, the Bible is a book written to encourage and challenge and, you know, uh, strengthen the, the faith of believers. And and so, you know, some of these things are shared with a, with a purpose and the purpose is transformation. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that we're yeah. going to focus in on is that not just what's going to happen um, or what, what the events might look like, but mm-hmm. what does that what does that mean for me today? And how does yeah. that affect the way I live? Yeah. And again, we've talked uh, a bit about you know, if you're coming to the Bible primarily for information and not for formation or transformation, yeah. same idea, right? This idea that like, like even the act, um, the act of reading the Bible, the act of reading narratives, the act of understanding the context and reading these letters shapes us. Um, you know, just getting a, a Cole's note, pop, 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 pop. This is what it says. This is the point that actually, that, that misses some of it. Uh, and there's something that, that is deeply shaping. So I, again, I would encourage you, we've said this and we'll say it all the time. Um, listening to these sermons is fantastic. Being shaped by them, hearing the words. I mean, Paul's going to put in a lot of work, he already has. Uh, and and I really do believe, you know, the Spirit's going to work through him and speak to us. But you, you should be reading these and books. Dig in you them. should, they're, they're not long, right? Yep. Be, be there, really dig in um, and be shaped in the act of reading the book, in the act of going through these and 
write down a bunch of questions. Write down questions and email them to Paul. Sure. Um, that actually helped me prepare. <laughs> yeah, right? Like if that so that's that's our challenge for this week. Read these books. Uh write down any questions, anything you've got and just uh fire them off in an email. I mean, fire them off to both of us. We'd love to talk about some of these issues in the podcast. And um, yeah. 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 And so, and so in the message, I mean, and I would say too, as you do that, Mm. um, you know, Acts 17 is where we find uh, the book of uh, the story of the church in Thessalonica before you actually read the letter to the church. But, um, you know, in the message, I, I, I really, I focused in on, on three commitments that I asked our people Mm. to kind of focus in on. And, and what I said was that, um, was that the church in in um, in Thessalonica in Thessalonica had what it took to persevere in the midst of this difficult time and and what they had was this balance between the word and their actions those things were really hmm. important and so with that in mind you know we actually just laid out a really a simple three steps uh, three commitments you know a commitment to followers of Jesus a commitment to those who are outside the family of God and then a commitment to Jesus himself. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's as simple as that, as we, you know, whatever we're going through, whatever we're facing, whatever difficulties or hard times we might be in, you know, it's important for us to consider, okay, you know, um, you know, who are, who are the people that are with me? You know, recognizing that, you know, like uh, with this idea of other followers of Jesus, I, I use an illustration of, you know, a friend that I had in high school. But I think the point that I wanted to get across is that, you know, he was a person because he was a believer and knew I was a believer. He was interested in my ability to endure and to be able to hmm. to to push through and to do those things. And I think people may need to know, you know, especially when you're not able to see your your church friends and people from the church, you need to recognize there are still people who really are on your side and are so interested in seeing you persevere. And we care. There are people that are praying for you. There are people that are calling you. There are people that are you know, making those connections because we want to make sure that, um, you know, that your faith is strong and is helpful as you work through, uh, you know, what we're all facing. And so that idea of committing to other people, I think is really important. Yeah. And I, I just want to say, um, it's, it's true. There are people who care. We are calling people. We are connecting with people. If you're listening to this right now and you think, ah, you know, maybe that's true, but I'm just not feeling it. Reach out, please. We're, yeah. we're doing our best. Uh, we're, we know things fall through the cracks. Um, we know that can unintentionally be really hurtful. That's not our intention. We would love if there are ways we can connect with you and pray with you and check in on you uh, and encourage you to follow Jesus. Oh, please let us know. We would love to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah. So, and then we talked about, yeah, connecting, making sure we're committed to other people that are far from God. And I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, it changes our mindset as we think about that. And I I quoted John Stott, who said that no church can spread the gospel with any degree of integrity or, let alone credibility, unless it has been visibly changed by the gospel that it preaches. Um, yes. You know, and I, I think it's so important that, you know, if we want to help people come to know who Jesus is, uh, mm. if, man, oh man, we got to be living out those values because otherwise it's just, you know, we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's great. And we've talked about this through our values, you know, sure. and, and I think we talk about this all the time, kind of what it would look like, but can you just... Like, give me, give me a 30 second picture of what, what God has laid on your heart for what you think compass point could look like if we were more like, if we were following God like this, uh, being transformed, um, what, what would the, you know, what, what would the actions of our people, what would be the responses of our community, um, 
You know, I, I, I told a story about, you know, someone coming by the church and just not even knowing that we were a church building, you know, rec- yeah. thinking that maybe we were a conference center or something and sure. just didn't have that idea. And, you know, I think that I, I would just, I so wish for our church to be known for something, you know, powerful, to be mm. known as people who are, you know, that care about our community and love the people that are around us, um, want the best for our city and um, and have this this supernatural peace and joy and love in the middle of it all, you know. And I, I think when when I think back to the early church and how it was growing so rapidly, it was growing because people were changed by the gospel and they allowed it to to impact their lives. And people looked and yeah. were like, "Whoa, what's going on over there?" And I think yeah. I think and this is one of the things I've been thinking about recently is that is that as much as this is important for us to do individually, it's super important for us to be able to do it corporately as well. And Mm. it's not just about Dave being a good guy with the people that he's around or his neighbors or his friends. It's about Dave's church uh, collectively being uh, a place where people can find and learn and grow in Jesus. Um, Mm. Because I think that, you know, and I want to be a place where people come and feel comfortable to be able to learn about Jesus. And then they can go off and find a place that, you know, fits their, you know, wherever they are at. Like, I mean, if they move or whatever and they find another church, you know, I don't want to be so unique and strange that people are like leave here and they're like, I want a compass point. It's like, no, we want Jesus. Mm. Like, that's what we got to focus on is point people back to Christ. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Yeah. And then the last thing is, is this commitment to Jesus. And, you know, obviously, I think this is the, you know, the part in the passage where he's talking about turning away from our idols. And I think, you know, you've, you've written songs about, you know, the Mm -hmm. idols. I think it was, I think it was John Calvin who talked about the fact that our, the human heart are idol factories or something like that. Um, And, you know, something, what, how have you been thinking that through as you were writing and thinking about idols? Oh man. I mean, idols are um, good things that we make ultimate, which is why it's so hard, right? The world is so full of good things. And the church has always struggled with this and we've, we've flip-flopped, right? The church kind of has this reputation of being, uh, at least in, in some circles, kind of full of no's, no drinking, no dancing, no smoking, no, 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 no. Um, and what that's an attempt to do is guard our hearts from idols. Uh, and then at other times the church has been, you know, way too permissive. And obviously that leads to all kinds of other things, but figuring out how to, uh, I mean, ultimately to follow Jesus is to take everything in our lives and to put it in its right and good place, which is, um, creation is good. Uh, creation has fallen. Jesus is Lord. Hmm. Uh, so everything falls under the Lordship of Jesus. And when, when something takes our, our attention, uh, when something takes our love away from Jesus, um, when we care about something more than Jesus. And this can be seen, I mean, so often it's seen in, um, Tim Keller talks about money, sex, and power. Um, mm-hmm. But fr- I mean, frankly, look at the thing that you you are on your phone looking at the most, look at the thing you spend the most money on, look at the thing that you talk about most in, in your conversations with friends and family. Um, those things are most commonly idols. Um, yeah. and, and figuring out how to, how to align our lives so that we're not doing that, um, so that we put Jesus in those places. Sometimes it means cutting those things out completely. Sometimes it means uh, getting some accountability and stepping back a little bit, finding the right balance. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, our hearts are idle factories, I think. And, and once you kind of deal with one, another one pops up. It's just mm-hmm. it's like whack-a-mole. It, <laughs> it, it is a little bit. Yeah. 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 
Well, we are, um, man, this time flew by quickly. We are, we are at time. Any, any closing thoughts for us? I know this is just the beginning yeah. of these conversations. Yeah, we're going to talk Go about it. this quite a bit, but I do think right off the bat, you know, like does your example, I think there's a question that we need to be asking ourselves. Does your life, does your example make it easier for other people grow and mature in Christ? Does your example make it easier for others to believe? Does it, you know, does your example make it easier for others to follow the King, follow Jesus? And his plans yeah. for us. Th- those are the questions I think we need to be asking ourselves, and um, and I think that will help us endure in the middle of whatever we're facing. Mm, yes, so good. Thank you, Paul. Uh, thank you for listening along. Um, blessings on you this week as we are waiting. Um, whether that means you are helping your kids with online school as we are, uh, or just kind of waiting to see what comes next, um, may you find Jesus in all of it. Talk to you next week here on Postscript.